I got an announcement to make. All right. Now, after a two-week hiatus, we're back. And Joe Boggess and I are here for part two of our discussion where we dive into a few things, including the importance of being yourself and growing in who you are, finding your voice and dealing with the fear of being accepted, and the tragic moment of Joe's life as a troubled youth that led him to where he is today and how it affected his relationship with his father for the better. You heard it. This is part two with Joe Boggess. Coming up on the Black Daddy Podcast. You're listening to the Black Daddy Podcast. Oh yeah. So you you mentioned your your wife Pay, and she is uh, your partner in business and in your life's mission. And so I just had a fun question that kind of popped up for fun, Joe. If you two could be any dynamic duo. Which dynamic duo would you be and why? Yeah, boy, that that's a great question, and the answer comes easy. It's the obvious one. I'm, I would be Joel and Pay. <laughs> okay, good. I, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, Donald because uh, that's that's who I was created to be. And you know what? In a month, I'll be 47. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I'm I'm tired of trying to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exhausting. And uh, I'm just happy to be who I am. And that's something I write about every, every morning mm. in my, my gratitude journal. Yeah. You know, I, I get up and that is the absolute first thing I do. I set my little Pomodoro timer on my computer. If you don't know what that is, it's just an egg timer. Okay, got it. Set it for 20 minutes. Yep. And, and I write, you know, what, what I'm grateful for. Not in a laundry list kind of way, yep. but in a dialogue with God kind of way. And the insight that comes from that that exercise alone is is tremendous. That makes so much sense. I'm thinking about your book again and just how it's a phenomenal, action-packed, uh, thought-probing read, Joe. And Thanks. What, uh, as I think about the title, Finding Your Voice, tell us. And it's, it's very apparent why you titled the book this because I can tell that you're very in tune with Joel being authentic, Joel finding his authentic voice, and therefore you've been able to revolutionize and change a lot, a lot of people's lives. But what what does finding your voice mean, Joel, and why is it so important to the journey of life? That's a great question. When I decided to write the Finding Your Voice book, it was like 2011, 2012, I actually, <laughs> you're probably going to laugh at me, but I looked up the word voice <laughs> in, in the dictionary. Let's see, there you go. Be- because I wanted to make sure that I was, I, I kind of knew what I was I knew what I thought, but I wanted to make sure it kind of lined up. Sure. So I looked it up, and one of the definitions that the dictionary gave is that voice is to give full expression to. Mm. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. I, I like that. And I thought, yeah, finding your voice, finding what gives true expression to who you really are, not who they said you should be. Or not who this boss said you were. Got you. But to really who, who you are. And then I thought, that's it. Finding your voice, that's going to resonate and hit people right between the eyes for who it's intended to. Now, it's not going to resonate with everyone, and, and that's fine. But it, it, that's going to you know, hit, hit, hit a couple people, and they're going to really gravitate, and res, uh, gravitate to, to that kind of message. And those are the people that I wanted to write it for. 
And that is super apparent. Even as you talk about it, I'm thinking about that. Like, man, what does it mean for me to um, have the full expression of who I really am? Like, what, what, is that, what does it look like for me? What does it look like for the people who listen to the podcast? What does it look like for me as, as a dad, as a husband? Like, what does it mean for me to be fully expressed as a husband? Like, if, if, if I wasn't afraid of expressing, like, who I really am, how would it change my marriage? Um, if I was sitting down with a friend and maybe they're going through something or I'm going through something, why is it that a lot of people struggle with being, again, authentic and kind of like laying everything on the table? And I think it's because we run away from the fear of not maybe being accepted because mm-hmm. of potentially like as we fully express ourselves, we're afraid that people won't accept that. And so, like you said, and I'm so happy that you answered the question the way you did in terms of the, of the dynamic duo. Um, we feel like if we're our best self that, you know, people may not like that. And I love that in your book. And then again, in, in what you do, Joel, you help people to accept that and to tap into that to at the end of the day to fully express uh, who they are. Well, I, you that know, is Donald, phenomenal. Well, you know, Donald, I'm, I'm no superhero. Yeah. You know, I, I've got I've got flesh, blood and and I and I bleed the same color that everyone else does. But, you know, as I've, as I've kind of grown and hopefully matured a little bit, you can ask my wife about that. <laughs> you know, I've, I've kind of come to those, those realizations and I do the best I can because I'm human Yep. to, to not try to always um, garner acceptance. And, and I want to be liked of course I do. And I want to be accepted. Of course I do. Sure. But I, I have to remind myself, and it is a reminder that, you know what, you, you don't have to to be that way. You're, you're, you're fine just the way you are. And guess what? Worry or not, that's who you're going to continue to be. You're going to grow into a more powerful version of who you are. Yep. You're going to grow into your skin even more so, you know, as you hit... 47, 48, and, and so forth. But um, the guy you see in the mirror, that's who you have. Yeah. Th- that's what you have to work with. Yeah, yeah. And you have to, you have to work, work from there. I think uh, you, again, you're just, you're just leading us right into where uh, the conversation is, is meant to go. As you talked about, like, at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're no superhero. And so, again... I want to just celebrate you and what you do, but I also know a little bit of your backstory, Joel. And so take us to um, this moment in your life that seems like it literally changed the trajectory of your life. Take us back to this moment. And then I want to talk a little bit about um, some of your childhood experiences with your, with your dad. But I want you to just share just kind of what you experienced and then how that led you to where you are now. And then we'll talk a little bit about dad. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. You know, I, um, I was an at-risk child early, early in, in my life. And my parents divorced when I was three. And, and I spent a little bit of time living with my mom. And I visited my dad on, on the weekends. And one Sunday, my dad and I were out with some, some friends. And we were in the middle of the Texas Hill Country. And there's no telling what we were doing. But um, the, the adults were hiking and the kids kind of drifted away from the pack, getting ready to set off on our own adventure. And we ended up scaling up this, this hill and running parallel to the hill 
was a, a bridge. Now, I was five years old, Donald, so this bridge probably looked more like a, a jungle gym <laughs> to me. But I actually climbed on the bridge, ran to the middle of it, the middle that was stretching over two cliffs, and I laid down on my stomach, and, and I called down to my dad and the other guys that were down below. Okay. And um, by the time I got their attention, I was laying on my stomach. Over my right shoulder came a rumbling. And it actually was was a train. Oh, my goodness. That was headed our direction. Because this wasn't just a bridge. This was actually a train trestle. Mm. Wow. And the details are a little bit sketchy, definitely to me, but also to the other people that were that were eyewitnesses to to what happened. But at the end of the day, by the time my dad and the other adults made it to the top of the hill and the bridge, I was down below, thirty feet down below. Wow! In uh, the middle of the hill country, you know, spread out on rocks and cactus. And uh, stuff you'd find, you know, in on a nature hike. Yep. Well, somehow or another, the the emergency crew was able to find me mm. there in, in the thicket. And this was, gosh, next month it'll be, or actually in a few in a few weeks from this recording, it'll be forty two years ago. So there was no GPS. Wow. No um, cell phone. But uh, they were able to find me and. I had lost so much blood by the time they got there. They weren't even able to start an IV on my little five-year-old arm. Hmm. But through uh, divine, of course, Absolutely. And, and heroic uh, medical intervention, they were able to, to get me in the, in the ambulance, stabilize me for the 45-minute drive to downtown San Antonio, where I would be admitted into the intensive care unit, where I would spend the next three weeks of my life fighting for it in, in, a, in a deep coma. And when I came out of that coma at age six, that's when the relaunch, the, the first of many, <laughs> started happening for me because I had to relearn stuff. I was behind my peers, okay. uh, my family, mom and dad, still recovering, uh, licking their own wounds from a, a relationship sure. that um, crumbled. Mm. And so it was, it was tough. Mm. Uh, parents having just almost lost their only child, plus the, uh, the uh, up in smoke of a relationship. So it's tough. Man, man. And where is that relationship now in, in terms of with your dad? Because I, I would imagine that with him being, you know, kind of the, the person who was responsible at that time, uh, that he dealt with potentially some feelings of, of guilt. Um, and so just kind of like, where, where is that now? Uh, guilt is still with him to this day. I asked mm-hmm. him about it uh, not too long ago. But the, the relationship is good. I'm, I'm good with both my parents. I asked my mom one time uh, to, to kind of catch me up to speed a little bit. I actually visited the uh, bridge and the cliff and the um, canyon that I fell into, visited a couple of times. It's um, kind of between New Braunfels and San Antonio. That's in Texas. And um, I asked my mom a little bit about it. I was curious. And she said that she got the call. Uh, I fell on uh, the day before my mother's birthday. 
and she got the call. Obviously, rushed to the um, to the to the emergency room, and the first time she saw my dad, they had been divorced two years at the time. Okay, she said, "Your dad looked like just like he was hit by a train." Wow, as you can imagine, and <clears throat> um, that that guilt still rides uh, with him mm. at some at some level, but you know that's. A long time ago. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, so it's not a topic of conversation. But I mean, we're we're tight. We're we're good. good. What, what's cool, and you'll appreciate this, is when I uh, and there's there was many many stories of, of of parties that I was taken as as a child, and uh, you know different um, drug uses okay. drug uses that was going on in the environment that I was in. Uh, that involved, you know, cocaine and marijuana and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Some that I participated in, some that I didn't, but my my mom and her uh, boyfriend at the time did, and so forth. But um, that that's that, that was all part of my my childhood. But as I was growing up, later when I started getting right, because I was a mess. I mean, of course I was a mess. Look, look, look at the examples that I had at the time, not now, but right. at the time. Right. Uh, but by the time I started going to church, well, my dad followed me there. Hmm. Look at that. And that was cool. Yeah. And, and, and that was 20 years ago. Wow, man. Wow. What a full circle turnaround, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and like you said, it's still in process, but at the end of the day, um, your moment of 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 tragedy uh, ended up being, you know, a, a means and a vehicle to bring some sense of redemption. I'm, I'm sure to, to his life. And uh, thank you so much, Joel, for for going there and sharing that story again, and 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 giving us the uh, full expression <laughs> uh, to kind of coin one of one of your phrases of of that story to kind of put us there and to kind of give us that vivid imagery. Man, wow, what a story! My dad, my dad tells me, and he told me this, I don't know, a few months ago. I don't remember exactly, but it, he, when we talk about going, going to church and how he followed me because he had grown up in a, in a church home, just like a lot of the listeners here, but he got wrapped up in himself and um, casual sex and, and drinking and, mm-hmm. and drugs and all that as self-medication. Mm. For, but by the time I was in my 20s and started I didn't drag him to church. He went on his own, but that changed him, his life. And that set off the next relaunch for him. And, and he tells me, he said, you know what, Joel, you, you saved my life by doing that. Mm. And you know what? He's right. I did. Mm. But, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it in any other way, but I guess what I want to impart today Kind of sounds like we're we're coming in for a landing, but yeah. like my, my gosh, you you can call your dad, you can call your brother, that's right. You can call your grandfather, and you know who the hell cares? That's right. You know, I know it's easy for me to say, hmm. and it's not always easy to do, but I mean, still, you, you've you've only got so much time to to be here. That's right. And just do what you can. Now, use your common sense. But do what you can, because those relationships are so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I cannot agree with you more. Last question of the day, Joel. You ready? 
Yes. As you think about the preciousness of life and just kind of the, the, the gamut of experiences you've had, what is the best compliment that you could ever receive, Joel? The best compliment that I could ever receive, I, I know this very, very well because I've mentioned it several times to my wife and uh, probably other people. But when I walk into a crowded room, could be a cocktail party, could be an awards banquet, could be um, a reunion, the, the best compliment, I want, I want someone out of that crowd to point at me and say, that's the guy. That's the guy that believed in me when nobody else did. That's the guy that bet on me. Mm. Mm. And when when that happens, and that happens from time to time, you know, maybe through an email, through a tweet, uh, maybe sometimes even from a personal a friendship. That is the the best compliment in the world. It's like, yeah, that's the guy mm. that said I could do it from the beginning, Joe. I appreciate you so much. And in terms of even that point, man, thank you so much for giving yeah. me the time. Um, Joe Boggins, ladies and gentlemen, the author of Finding Your Voice, the host of the 2014-15 Most Inspirational Podcast via Podcasters Paradise, the Relaunch Podcast. Man, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you, brother. A lot of fun, Donald. Thank you for having me. Awesome, man. Bless you.